Hey up everyone, welcome to Yorkshire Gamers, our Big War Games podcast, and for this episode 6, and this is the first of the second series, and uh, I can guarantee that you will notice absolutely no differences whatsoever to the the first season. Maybe two or three questions on the quiz and that's about it really. Um, so uh, shortly coming up is um, our interview with uh, Fraser from Von Kettering, the YouTube legend, and uh, he's going to be telling us all about uh, his war game shed and his uh, YouTube channel, which is a pretty, pretty big following on, on there. Uh, just just as usual, before we start, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I said at the end of last ep- episode I was going to go to a three-week schedule. A um, few things have conspired in relation to that, and um, a lot of guests have uh, come forward or agreed uh, to come on the show. Um, I've reached out to a number of people, expecting uh, at least half of them to tell me either no or to do one, uh, and they all said yes. So I've got. Uh, guests booked in now uh, for the next three months and I've also got a a special guest coming in November Um, and the reason for that uh, timing will become clear uh, when when he comes on. Um, once again, I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who is listening to this. Um, I want to thank you for your support. The episodes are doing really, really well. Um, the one with Mark Freeth uh, last um, time round, uh, he that episode did um, really well and has, has had the most listens in the first week of any of the episodes. And the, the first episode, the one um, with Gareth and Chris, that's now just coming up to to a thousand um, listens on the YouTube and on uh, Podbean, which is uh, absolutely astounding, and I'm gobsmacked with that. So thank you very, very much for all uh, your support in relation to that. Your kind comments as well. A lot of people have contacted me directly. Um, I'm available on um, the links to this. Uh, You can comment on Podbean, you can comment on any of my Instagram, Twitter or Facebook feeds Um, and there's uh, if if you're listening to this on YouTube there's a comment section underneath so I'm not hard to get hold of. If you don't want people to see what you're saying um, no problems at all you can contact me via yarkshiregamer at gmail.com nice and easy to remember Um, and uh, glad to hear from you. Uh, I'd Amazingly, I hear from quite a lot of people uh, on a regular basis, and uh, I was uh, only helping a lad from South Korea, would you believe, uh, last week, who just started in the hobby and wanted some tips and advice on some things. So by all means, get in contact, and uh, I'll I'll help you out if I can with anything. Um, just in relation to the first episode, the hashtag World War. Roses is uh, due to happen in a couple of weeks time on the weekend of the 22nd of May and uh, 2021 and uh, I wish Gareth and Chris and all the people taking part in that event uh, the best of luck. Uh, we just come out of lockdown so it could well be the first face-to-face gaming that many of you have, uh, have, uh, have done. So that's it for uh, this little intro. Um, I'll have a chat with you at the end um, about a few things, uh, about Twitter and uh, and what have you. Uh, but for now, um, let's sit down, get ourselves a big muggy Yorkshire tea, put the ferrets in the cage, and let's have a listen to what VK has got to tell us about his shed. 
welcome to Yorkshire Gamers, our Eat Big War Games podcast. And today, for the first guest on the second season of the podcast, uh, we've got our first YouTube megastar, uh, and that's Fraser from the Von Kettering channel, or VK to his mates. Um, and his channel is closing in on 3,000 subscribers at the moment, and that's a huge number for a War Games channel. Um, it's a mix of tutorials, army showcases, updates, um, and he has a really dedicated following. So if you've not checked it out, I'm sure we'll get a few plugs for it later on, but uh, go and have a look at it, obviously after you've listened to the podcast. Um, Fraser does some really, really brilliant collections of figures. Um, top of my head, we've got Spanish Civil War, we've got Napoleonics, Barons War, World War II, ACW, just to name a few. Um, he's recently added a new building to his uh, global real estate portfolio, uh, and that's the that's the War Games Shed. And we'll be talking a lot about his War Games Shed towards the end of the show. So let's welcome Fraser to Yorkshire Gamers, a re- big War Games Man Shed podcast. Uh, hello, Fraser. <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for that. Very nice intro, thank you. Oh, brilliant. Can I I say, just before we get started, that uh, the the previous series of podcasts has been great fun. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. uh, Appreciate it. And it's something nice to listen to while we paint. Brilliant. I, I was I was kind of hoping that that would be the my target audience would be um, yeah, old blokes old, old blokes in sheds painting soldiers. That's what that was. That was my target audience. <laughs> you certainly reached it. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, just before we get cracking, Fraser, have you done a podcast before? No, I haven't. You haven't. Excellent. I, I'm yeah. quite surprised with that because. Uh, as we'll talk about in a bit, you're quite big on the YouTube, so I would have thought somebody might have invited you on. Well, thank you for agreeing to come on. Um, much appreciated, and I'm sure we'll have a, a decent chat over the coming hour or so. Um, but before we talk about the man in his shed, it's time for you to um, try the four-minute challenge. Uh, uh, and, and that is to summarise your uh, wargaming history in, in four minutes. Is, is it something that you're up to, uh, Fraser? you I hope so. I think it's going to replicate quite a few of the people that have been on so far. Yeah, and I think that was that was the thought behind when I decided to only do four minutes, was that a lot of people are very similar. So let's try and summarise, and then we'll talk about the interesting bits afterwards. So um, I'll give you a countdown, and then just just crack on, and um, you'll. When you get towards the end, you'll hear the countdown music, and then uh, Di Regan from Sweeney will tell you to shut up. Okay, well, <laughs> Lovely. All right, Fraser, in your own, uh, in your own time, mate, just uh, let us know how you got into wargaming. Well, I think like most men of my age, mid fifties, uh, epic had a lot to do with the yeah. hobby, and um, being a boy and getting the birthday presents and Christmas presents, it's always epic kids. And obviously matchbox kits as well. And I was thinking about it just the other day and how impressed I was as a youngster with the matchbox vehicle kits that used to come with a bit of a train. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah. And uh, loved them. Absolutely loved them. And me and my cousin would collect everything we could, play all the time with our toy soldiers. Um, went into 135th scale Tamiya kits in my teens, mm. uh, but never got went away too much from the smaller scale stuff uh, and I think it was in 84 I went up to Peter Gilders up in Yorkshire yeah um, county second only to Surrey and um, it was <laughs> eye-opening uh, I think 
Mark Freed said in the, your last podcast, when you walk into that um, large cabin that he had, it was just wonderful. And it was uh, pivotal in the way I look at wargaming. Mm. Uh, so I came back from there, rearranged all my um, wargaming armies. Not, they weren't huge at that point. And, um, but I didn't play a game for probably another 15 years mm. uh, until I joined my club probably 20 years ago. And, I was, and I'm very lucky to have a club just 20 minutes away. Uh, and the guys are so enthusiastic for the big game. We have tables regularly of 24 foot yeah. uh, by six. And the collections in 28 mil Napoleonics uh, are, are vast. And uh, it's just nice to be part of that. And that's been my main motivation in Wargaming until I started the YouTube channel, which will come mm-hmm. to later, I expect. Yeah. And that obviously pushes you in the right in the right direction um when it comes to enthusiasm and um seeing other guys which i always find inspiring uh so that really does bring me up to date obviously there's been times where i, I haven't been in, involved in the hobby as much as, as i am now but uh i'm in quite a nice place at the moment that's but are you gonna draw a line under it there I think so. I think yeah, so. you've got a minute left. You, you, you've done. You've already run there. You've done <laughs> run. Talking, but, um, <laughs> there's, 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 I say lots of inspirations out there, and um, the, the the armies just grow. And, Brilliant. Well, um, well, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about some of those in 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 due course. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. That's much appreciated. Um, so you've not. Um, you said you had a big gap there. You, you kind of got involved in the, in the toy soldiers early on, and then you didn't really game for a while. Did you? It, it was just a lack of a um, opponent, really. Yeah. Uh, we need to, I didn't know of a club in my local area. Um, also, you get your late teens, other things take over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we won't go too much into that. No. Uh, but it was always there. I was either reading about history. I was collecting figures, uh, just not playing. Yeah. So, did, uh, where about whereabouts are you in the UK, just broadly? Uh, in Surrey. In just, Surrey. Uh, do you want to give a shout? Do you want to give a shout out to your club? Uh, Rygate War Games Club. Rygate. Um, yeah. yeah. That's it's south of Sheffield again. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit lost. <laughs> North of Brighton. North of Brighton, south of Sheffield. That, that's all yeah. we need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Is most of you, like you say, most of your gaming is done down at the club then? Uh, is that- it is, um, and it's normally, uh, it's available twice a month, but obviously you've got to be tactful in your yeah. um, social life. And uh, so it's once a month, and I look forward to it all the time. And do you have, a, do you have a, your own uh, club premises, or is it hired out? Or It's a hall, which we have a, a cupboard, which keep, we keep our terrain in, our terrain square. Uh, terrain, terrain blocks, sorry, yeah. and tables, and um, it's it's full of guys that, as you said before, that appreciate mm. the big game. And um, how how's the? I'm I'm a, I'm a member of the Leeds War Games Club up here in Leeds, and how's how's things with you membership wise? Uh, is it is it old and grain, or are you getting new people through the door? I think I'm probably one of the youngest ones. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's all historical there's no fantasy or sci-fi yeah. and um, it's, it's proper old school wargaming 
really. Uh, I, I think I, we've reached a, a point. I, th- I think it's probably we can get ten people there. Yeah. Um, and any more than that, it does tend to get a bit crowded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it it our our club has just managed to get themselves um, some permanent uh, premises, um, which are really big. So I'm looking forward to that. And we've always had sort of thirty or forty members. Um, it's quite a large club, quite a large club and we yeah. uh, a quiet night would be 20 people um so we're quite and, lucky and, we're, and is that all different facets of the, the hobby down there? um it's vast majority historical um yeah. but we we've, we've been lucky over the years in that we've had um new people come in we, we we had a group of four or five guys who came in with like with warhammer and they still yeah. play that on occasion, but they've they've kind of uh, drifted off and, and join in with other games. And I think that's one of the great things with a club. If you if you've not so, tried yeah. one before, yeah. you can yeah. you can have a go at something else, can't you? Uh, I and, think so. Yeah, so. And, I mean, and we're not averse to having people turn up. Don't get me wrong, mm. um, but you know it's they're very few and far between. But so it's always nice to try and get some new people. It's hopefully uh, somebody near Rygate will listen to this and they'll, they'll be knocking yeah, on the door. Yeah. Going, More than welcome to come along. Brilliant, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> what are the uh, what are the what are the what are the big periods? Um, historical big periods. periods. When, I, when I turned up, they they um, were playing a big campaign, twenty eight mil Napoleonic. Yeah, and I think they've probably got. I think they can muster up seventy five Italians, French alone. Yeah. Or French allies. Uh, so you, you're talking Peter Gilder rules in the yeah. same manner. Um, and so when I first started there, it was all Napoleonic and rapid fire, World War II. Yeah. And 20 more. And uh, <clears throat> a few of us just not, we haven't broken away as such, but um, we're, we're, we're finding our feet with bolt action. Yeah. And the, the new rule sets, we quite like black powder at the moment. Yeah. Um, doesn't suit it, everybody, but. Mm. It's it's amazing to me how the, the longevity of Grand Manor as a, as a rule set. Um, not not for I'm not saying that there are, there are bad set of rules or anything like that, but um, most other periods have, have had uh, like set rules. So if you look at Italian Wars Renaissance, it was George Gush's Renaissance yes. rules. Everyone played that, and at the same time, everyone was playing Grand Manor. But Grand Manor seems to have just carried on. I, I, it, does, it has, and so I personally, I, I like the black powder uh, rate of movement, yeah. speed of the game. Uh, I'm not saying uh, Grandman has had its day; far from it. It's still mm. popular, uh, but just the way I'm playing the poly, the polyonics at the moment, I, I prefer black powder myself. Because uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Grandman doesn't have any like com- com- command and control in it, does it? Whereas no, with no, black powder, no, you have no. that that dice roll to see. How yeah, much you do yeah. just gives another variation to the game, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. The way looking at it. Um, but I'll, I'll certainly play Grand Manor again, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no doubts, no doubts. And then, personally, then I mentioned some of your collections um, in the introduction. Um, what what are some of your favourites of the stuff that you've built up over the years? Well, when I went to the club, uh, I was and I saw this um, Napoleonic game. Uh, they're playing. I thought, well, I'll, I'll collect French. You always get a game if you collect the French. Mm. They said there's no need for that. So um, they said they're a bit lighter than the Prussian army. So I thought, yeah. oh, I love the boring Prussians. <laughs> um, and um, so I started collecting them. And, and 
as I was collecting them, I realised what an interesting army it was, especially mm. the 1813 period. And uh, just the, the, I thought it was all blue and grey, but the, the variations in uniform, especially the reservists and the land there. Yeah, because that, that's that period, isn't it, where they have the, the regular with the fusiliers and the musketeers, that's and then right. they have a reserve regiment and then a landwehr yeah. regiment all brigaded that's together. Right. Yeah. And also you get the reserve cavalry, land bear cavalry, and it, it's, a, it's a very interesting army um, and full of vigour, you know, to yeah. to the French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shame my, my generalship lets it down. Even though I still struggled uh, how to deploy my cavalry for some reason. Oh, all right. I either deploy it behind a wood or behind infantry and I just can't get it right. They're right. <laughs> you, want a, you want a big open field in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand the theory. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then then you, we were, I was talking about this with Mark. Um, you do get people who um, they'll set up and you'll have like a lovely cavalry wing and it, they see an open field in front of it and they just go. And the, the commander in chief's kind of looking at him, going, What are you doing with all that cavalry? Yeah. That was my reserve. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the same with my artillery. I just, because you never want to lose it, you never use it, use it aggressively. So, yeah, they do seem to be at the back all the time, blocking people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll get uh, it right one day. No, I'm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Um, during, during my. Um, my research for this, I had, I had a little bit of a dig through the YouTube channel, uh, and I'd, I'd missed your Spanish Civil War collection, oh. um, and very nice it is too. Uh, is that that four or five years old now, is it? I think so. It might be a bit longer than that. I, I collected that uh, for the uh, action supplement, you know, the, the variation yeah. I've got on base. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to overcomplicate the rule set when I was just starting out with all the weapons in World War Two. So I thought, and I love the Paul Hicks scouts. Yeah, Hicks. the brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and that's that inspired me to start collecting uh, the Spanish Civil War. I don't know a lot about it. Mm. Um, I enjoyed collecting it, and I, I, I will collect more. Uh, but it's just that time at the moment. Yeah. Uh, when you might have one game a month, what to play? Yeah. And, you know, is it is it a period that you? That you get your game in still, or is it kind of in a cupboard waiting for the right moment? I think I'll probably play it more in the cabin than down the club. Yeah, um, because it's not. Although it's quite a large setup, it's not huge. Yeah, um, and just try working out the, the politics behind the whole. Yeah, is, uh, I think that's what that's one of the things with that. We're, we're we're big big Spanish Civil War players at Yorkshire Gamer. We absolutely love it. Um, I looked at your collection the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've, got, you've got quite a few carlists, haven't you? Yes, that was that was um, um, that was my that, that was my sort of specialised army, if you like. I, yeah. I tend to buy everything, and then people who come here will bring their own stuff, and we just sub it in and out yeah. depending on who turns up. But I always make sure that we've got enough for the game that we're playing. Um, is that all Empress carlists? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had to twist the heads off, did you, and put different heads on? <laughs> no, they did do a Carlist range. Oh, yeah. on the on the machine gun. Yeah. 
No, I, I just I just stuck a, a Carlis figure on the side of it. <laughs> so it looked, <laughs> stood there with his red berry and then the other lots of the, yeah, the other I, ones. I think they, they sell separate heads. I thought, well, I don't really fancy going down that part because um, whenever I put separate heads on figures, they all look like they're not very well. No. You, have you got the same have you got the same modeling skills that I've got then? Because I'm I'm yeah, useless. Words. Yeah, they these like giraffes or rugby players. Yeah, I, every time I try and do a figure conversion, I just end up cutting about a quarter of an inch off yeah. one of my fingers. So Yeah, I just I can't do it. It's um, it's, it's certainly a skill which I don't present. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very much the same with that one. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I talk to people on here, we talk about um, uh, the Venn diagram of wargaming. Did, I, I, did you listen to the previous podcast? No, I've heard you say that last last podcast, and I thought, yeah. I hope he doesn't ask me that because I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all, all it is 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 everybody who wargames has a different personality in terms of how. Right the different aspects of the hobby um, reflect what they do. So um, I break it down into four pieces. It's like a war gamer, people who love the war game, a painter, people who love painting, a collector, people who enjoy having huge collections of figures, and then a, an historian, somebody who's really interested in the history. And if you, if you move those together, different people will Ooh. have different... Um, because like me... Yeah. Painting, collecting, massive. Wargaming, I could take it or leave it. Um, history, big into. Whereas other people I've spoken to, like Mark, I, I don't want to paint anything. <laughs> but gaming is the big thing for him. So how do you yeah, kind of fit yeah. in that? How do you kind of fit in that personality? I'm certainly a painter and wargamer. I think I'd rather be a wargamer than a painter. Yeah. Uh, but without the painting, you don't get the wargaming. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the history side of things, I know a bit about the subjects I'm collecting, but I, if you ask me certain cores and divisions, yeah. I wouldn't have a clue. Uh, yeah. Some people look at the tactics or the um, battle reports, and it's something mm. I'll gloss over, I think. Yeah. I like uniforms as well. Yeah. And the collecting side of it, are you, do you have loads of old collections lying around? I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, people who, who know me realise, I uh, will tell you that I've I sold off a, a vast 15 mil American Civil War army, mm. and that's one of my regrets. Yeah. Um, why I sold it off, because I wasn't playing and it took up so much space. Um, and that is... One thing I've learned along the way: don't don't sell stuff. Yeah, I, I I've got to agree with you. Some people, I, some people I speak to, um, will like do a project, build it up, play with it for a bit, and then sell it. Um, yeah. And I always keep stuff. I I think I've sold two armies in my life. Um, one was uh, an ultra modern uh, British, um, which was 1985 or something like that. So that's now that uh, six mil it was. Um, um, and that that I sold that in the um, late eighties, thinking it had gone out of fashion. It's all coming back now, isn't it? With Team Yankee yeah, yeah, and yeah. Battle Group yeah. Northag, it's all it's all. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, I've got mem I've got memories of lying in a muddy ditch in uh, Germany, waiting for the Russians to come. So, I, I'm, uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll give it a miss well, now. Yeah. 
it brings back memories of uh, meals ready to eat and um, <laughs> being very, very cold. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> so, so um, we'll we'll move on then to um, uh, the the kind of big topic that isn't going. We're not going to talk about later on, and that and that's YouTube. Um, so, um, how did that how did that come about? How did you start with the YouTube? Well, I was I was watching. Um, I was looking for some something on the on YouTube uh, many years ago, probably seven, possibly eight years ago, and I came across Toby from Art Master Studio. Mm. And he used to do t- tutorials, painting tutorials, and loved them. Uh, very grainy, uh, nothing like they are now. And then I realised there's quite a community out there. Uh, not as big, obviously, as it is now. Yeah. And so I started watching, and probably like you, you've got to mm. summon up the courage and um, put something out there. <laughs> and it's it, it, at the time, I found it, not addictive, I wouldn't say that, but I was very involved in it and I was trying to put out a video every couple of days. But unless you have the content, um, why do that? Yeah. Uh, and it's great motivation mm. um, to paint things and show things. It's nice, obviously, people like getting praise and it's, it's yeah. always nice. Um, and no, it's just great fun. And I met a huge group of guys. Yeah, I've met up with shows, and that's quite strange. People that you like yourself, you speak to, yeah, on Skype or Zoom, yeah, the next moment, they're next to you. It's quite <laughs> a, a sensation, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, it's really good fun. And say, so I've met loads of nice guys. And if you struggle with anything, uniform details or terrain, there's always somebody there to tell you, yeah. Um, I, I'm still amazed that people watch it and. <laughs> Thirty years. I really, all I do is waffling on about toy soldiers, and it's yeah. a strange old thing. Hey, um, do you think? Do you think it was seven or eight years ago when you started? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, 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 I had a look down all your videos, um, and the, I think the the oldest one was I think you were doing some World War Two Germans and putting some um, weathering or washes on some World War Two stugs. I think they were. Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, um, but I, I, I didn't find like a hi, here's Fraser, welcome to my YouTube no, no, channel. I think I might have got rid of a couple of them, <laughs> <laughs> cringeable. And I think the first time you show your face, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's um. It's got a huge following for for war games. I mean, we're, we're not talking Kim Kardashian or anything here, but no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe you need to. Maybe, I don't maybe, think she's a painter. Is she not? Oh, no. that that email I, that email I sent her about basing Republican <laughs> Romans. Then she never got back to me. I did wonder why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, is it that is it a bit a gradual thing, or is it kind of? How's it? How's how's the following um, built and grown over the years? The subscribers come quite thick and fast at first, mm. um, for the first few years, um, and then they, they taper away, and then you sort of relax a bit. It's not all about the subscriber count. It's yeah. um, some people crave that subscriber yeah. count, um, but they just come along. Yeah, and uh, you lose some, you gain some. And um, as long as you're not, I, I think some people like, try and push it too much. Yeah. Um, especially when they first get involved in it. But no, it kick, kicks over. 
Yeah, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, what what are the things that and this 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 isn't a criticism in any way, shape, or form because I really like this about your channel. Um, there's no um, like fireworks, rock music um, intro. No. No, you just you just see you leaning back from the camera and you just talk, uh, and I yeah. really like that. Um, no, has, it, there, has there ever been any um, sort of drive from yourself to get Steven Spielberg to do an intro for you or anything like that. I thought I had. <laughs> I managed to put two together the other day. I don't oh, know if you saw that one. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. I couldn't repeat it. I don't know. But uh, no, that's quite something. Um, no, it's no fashion intro to me. No, it's just hobby stuff. And yeah. uh, I don't seek to get any financial gain out of it or yeah. anything like that. Um, they're talking about putting adverts on every video, but until that time comes up, yeah. you know, certainly not my cup of tea. But the the the, the, the thing that came through, the the thing that comes through from the camera, um, is you're engaging with the people that you're talking to, um, and you get quite a lot of interaction, don't you, on the on the comments? I do, yeah. yeah, yes, um, and I, I love the comments. Uh, so yeah, very helpful, always very friendly, um, and supportive. It's, um, I just try and keep it as a diary that I'm talking not to the people, but talking to myself. So before that, when my site finally goes, when I can't pay for more figures, um, I can look back with fondness at what I've done. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good, that's a good way of looking at it actually, and, and having having that record there of of things you've done yeah, in the past, and and you, you can always look at it, and, it, and it's there for uh, prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. Yeah. Okay, which, whichever word, it, whichever's the right word. Yeah, the right one's the right one. It is. Um, I looked at the other thing, and it, it, I had a full beard in one of them. I thought, oh, look at that. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, this is Yorkshire, so there's no point me talking about the proper English language. You get a lot of care packages as well. I do. I don't know why. <laughs> it embarrasses me sometimes because obviously we all like it in figures, and I'm so grateful for people yeah. when they send me stuff. Uh, but after a while, you just. I mean, each one is valued. Um, what I'm trying to say is, there's only so many times you can say thank you without. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's so, so nice again. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so, um, little bit of a, a secret sharing here for the YouTube channel. Sure. When when you do the box openings, it, have you have you had a sneaky peek beforehand, or is it is no, it genuine? <laughs> no. It's genuine. <laughs> it's genuine. I mean, the, the ones I've taken trying to get take about half hour trying to open. Yeah, well, I think I... all in it after a while. <laughs> there's, there's a couple I've watched and I've been like, Fraser, get the box open, mate. Get the box yeah, open. I can't do it. I've tried to get to get a bleep for the video. My language is foul. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know whether you'd you'd, you'd you'd gone on to having like some secret method where you. You, you, you like open the boxes beforehand and then just no, leave them slightly. No, <laughs> no. They could put anything in, and that's a concerning thing. Um, but it's you know, some people you sort of wrap them up two or three times just to wind me up. And, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm glad yeah. I've cleared that up because that was that was uh, I was thinking about that watching some of the videos, and I wonder if it, I wonder if he just like. 
open because I uh, one of my oh. recent videos I did a a bit of a box uh, box opening, but I had actually opened it before. So just, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and it, don't worry, nobody listens to this, so they won't know. Well, <laughs> I, I, I remember opening a couple, and I left the address showing and showing my wife. Yeah. Doing that for the, the perverts out there. I thought, well, what? <laughs> how would you, you think about things like that? I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, um, any 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 plans for the for the YouTube channel going forward? No, exactly the same. I think. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind doing a couple of battle reports, uh, especially now I've got the cabin. Yeah. Um, yes, I could try and do that. It's just all about camera angles and with my uh, skill at editing up. You know, yeah, it, 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 it's quite tough. I, I, I did one a couple of months ago, and the first one I ever did, and it was it was lying around for a while, and it took me a, um, some time to put it together. Um, do, you know, do you know Alex Stormsteel? Alex, I know him. Yeah. yeah, he's he just churns out battle reports like three a week. I don't, well, I, all, yeah. I don't know how he does really it. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. I, I, I think I there's, a, there's a guy, Seventh Son, who does a lot of um, War of the Roses. Yes, he's got a very good channel, and he does some Black Powder battle reports, and they're always entertaining. Yeah, he's. Um, have you seen that plastic crack podcast that they do on a Monday yeah. night? Yeah, it's quite. That's quite good fun as well. I enjoy that. And again, it's something that you can watch or listen to while painting. Yeah. Um, it fills up a couple of hours, and I'm, I always look forward to Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um, it's quite, while we've been in COVID and, and, and wargaming has been quite a solitary thing, to have that voice or voices in the background yeah. has been very yeah. nice, I found. Just to have, it's like having three or four mates around just chewing the fat while oh, you're it, painting. It, yeah, because it's... It, Things are going on from week to week and joining together, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very, you, very... you think about it, we're of a certain age that yeah. so, <clears throat> 30 years ago, you wouldn't have internet. You wouldn't have um, mm. the interaction of mobile phones and stuff like that. And so you were limited to one magazine a month yeah, uh, or military modelling. You used to have uh, observation posts by two yeah. guys. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. And that was it, wasn't it? Unless yeah. you went to a shuttle. So I think we're very fortunate in this day and age to have YouTube and the likes of this podcast and the, yeah. and the guys that the plastic crap. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so if, if people want to find you on the YouTube, um, what's the what's the channel they need it, to search for? It's called One Kettering. And that is why I said to you the other day why I chose that. <laughs> name. I don't know. Because, well, it was. We had a, it's a Napoleonic campaign and I usually leading the, Pr the Prussians to destruction. And I used to do a, I used to do a write up every month mm. after the game. Yeah. The tales of Bob Ketterman. Ah. Yeah, and good. That's where, ah, that's where it came from. Brilliant. Um and and um I think I've seen you on Facebook. You did, did you do any other social media at all? No, that's just it the two, yeah. YouTube and Facebook. That's brilliant. It starts digging into my painting time. Yeah, we, and you don't want that. You definitely don't want that. You no, don't want more, more painting time. It's yeah, what we need. <laughs> well, that's yeah. brilliant, Fraser. That's a, that's a fantastic introduction. Um, we'll just take a little break for the audience and we'll come back in a minute and we'll talk about some big games. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back, everyone. And um, the REIT Big War Games podcast is about big games. So uh, we, we every time we get somebody on, we talk to people about their um, involvement with big games and and um, what they th- think big games are. Um, are you a, are you a big game gamer yourself? Uh, do you like the the bigger game? Oh, yeah. I certainly, I certainly am. Excellent. Um, I was thinking about it today and. Um, there's so many different variations of the games I, I and my friends play um, from the, the vast Napoleonic armies with the huge terrain of the flags and everything, mm. the metal troops. And um, so we've been playing Muskets and Tomahawks, for example, mm. which is a skirmish game, but we yeah. play that on an 18 by 6 table. Um, <laughs> wow. Huge of troops because it, it's such a good game and you can convert it into. Mm large battles uh it's probably the same as bolt action we play big games on that 20 foot tables mm. and uh, but those those sort of type of two type of games they need a lot of terrain which we start to get now yeah um and so you can have very large scale skirmish games mm. if you like um obviously drop down at scale my macedonians and my ancient indians I've got a fair amount of those now, and you put those on eight by six, mm. playing to the strongest, and that's a big game. Yeah. Or on a smaller table. So it comes in different formats, I must admit, and um, but it's the troop level, I think, when it comes to big yeah. games. And um, is that, um, do, do you normally game on a bigger table, or do you do, you do skirmish gaming as well? I'd, I'll do skirmish gaming but on a big scale yeah um but i do i much prefer large scale so when when you when you've um upscaled things like muskets and tomahawks uh, and bolt action to the bigger table uh, have you found that you've needed to um alter the rules in any way to facilitate it depends, how many, it depends how many players are playing yeah um but it, i think we normally play three aside or two aside, and it's great. It really is fantastic. Mm. Just, just when you get the French Indian Wars with all the trees and the rivers, yeah, um, the density of the terrain makes it. Because I, fa- I found with some sets of rules that um, they have a limitation in terms of size, um, just purely due to the mechanism of how they work. Um, so with bolt action, I've never played bolt action. I've got to hold my hand up and say that. Um, you pull in dice from a bag to see who activates. How would that work in a bigger we'll setting? Um, if you've got three players aside playing bolt action, you put the Germans and so the Allies in the bag. Yeah. You pull out, say you pull out a German dice and every German player will get a dice. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, get that. And, so, and it works fine. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have no issues with that. I must admit, we played a big muskets and tomahawks last year. I think it was the last game before lockdown. And I can't remember what we did. So, <laughs> 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 I can't remember there being any issues. Yeah. I've not played muskets and tomahawks. How does the um, activation work in that? Um, it's card driven. And yep. we prefer the... It, it, the second edition came out last year. We prefer playing the first edition. Yeah. Uh, I think the second edition was, say, for a, a four by four table. Yeah. Foot by four foot, six foot by four foot. Yeah. Um, so we stick with the uh, first edition with some house rules and it just works fine. 
Yeah. Uh, the unit sizes are, uh, I think they can be anything 8 to 12, but all hours of all the regular infantry are 12s. Um, and it makes for a very good game. Yeah. If you... If you needed, to, if you had to define what a big game was, would you be able to do that? Um, it's big game is Napoleonics, mm. uh, dozens of battalions per side, cavalry riding to destruction as usual, um, and just the flags. Just love the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> the just. Just the look, it, it, it reminds me of walking to Peter Gilder's that first time. Yeah. I'd, it, it, having, having done that, I mean, we're on, we're on episode six now. And um, I think myself included, because I had that experience as well, walking through that, that door into the shed uh, and, yeah. and yeah. just, it was like, it was like walking into Aladdin's cave. It was, or, uh, or, or, or a dragon's lair full of gold. It was just amazing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just, unless you've seen it or, you know, you, you've seen the pictures in the magazines and the books and then you mm. see it first. It's nothing quite like it. And that, and that's the, that, that's the inspiration. Did he have the big dog up there at the time? Um, I, I seem you know, to remember it being around, Big German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah I seem I to mean, remember I'm it. Sure. I just re remember it being a great Dane or something. It was massive. Thing. Could have been, could have been. <laughs> um yeah it's um I'm, I'm glad that it's still going um with mark down uh down yeah, south don't, don't want to lose that no um and one of the things that i don't want to come through uh, from the podcast is that big games are the only way forward because i appreciate that some people can't do a big game and we might talk about that a little bit when we talk about um war game shed um but it's there. If you want to experience a big game, you can go to the Holiday Centre and play yeah. the yeah. biggest game going. But you can always drop down a couple of scales and, and have yeah. a 6 by or 6 by 4 Yeah. Um, and, and play a big game. And have you, are you... Do you stick mostly to 28 mil now? Or have you got... 28 is my preferred scale. Yeah. I'm comfortable painting those. I've dropped down to 15 for my Macedonians and ancient Indians, I've got 15s with the Mardists. Yeah. Um, I've recently bought, I don't know if you saw in my videos, I've recently bought some 10 mil Franco-Prussians, and I've been struggling with those. They're just too small. Is that um, the Pendraken? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lovely figures. Yeah, I've seen some painted up, and I thought, oh, they look nice. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a, too small for me at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think... I've been advised to wear one of those visors. Yeah. I thought, if my wife walks through the door, I'm wearing one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I have, to, I have to say, I try. I have tried one of those visors, um, and um, it, it didn't work at all for me because I, I couldn't um, distinguish where the end of the paintbrush was compared to the yeah, figure. Yeah, because, yeah. So it, it just it just got slung straight away, and I just carried yeah. on. Did you find you need it though? No, 
I, I do. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> we're talking old, old, old people's uh, old people's war games figure painting problems. We need to start an agony column on uh, on YouTube, mate. <laughs> mean you? People can write in with the problems. Um, yeah. yeah um, well, the answer would just be stop painting. Yeah. But I, I don't yeah. think I ever want to do that because I, the, no, I the relaxation I get from that is is is, is amazing. Um, yeah. I, I I found the problem I have with my eyesight at the moment is um, is focusing from one to the other. So if I am if I'm my painting setups in the living room because that's the only way I see my wife. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll be watching telly or she'll be watching telly, and if I look up and look at the telly. And then it, it'll take five, ten seconds to focus on the telly. And then I look yeah. back down at the figure and I can't see anything. And then I wait five to ten seconds and it's all back in focus again. Yeah, it's I'm pretty like that myself. I, yeah. I keep dropping it out of focus all the time. So head yeah. back, wait a bit and go back in again. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm it, sure we'll I'm sure we'll keep going for many years to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look, if you go down the local club and you look around, everybody's wearing glasses. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Um, so, what what's some of the big games that you've played? You, you've talked about going to the holiday centre. What did you What did you do there? Um, we played the big Napoleonic. I think it took two days. Yeah. We played a big American Civil War, which I loved, mm. uh, and then the the old Sudan. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I of a thousand week. camels. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, we've got the um, the, the upgrade. Updated rule set by Carlo Pagano. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and he sent me that, um, which was nice of him. And so I started collecting the dervishes in 15 mils. So we've got quite a big, uh, yeah. after, large armies down there now for the Sudan. We yeah. played it once last year, um, but then the continuity is not there because the next time we'll see, see each other, we'll play Napoleonic or yeah, ACW, and so we'd, we'd always seem to be one step behind with the rules. Yeah, we should we should have three or four games in a row, really, mm. uh, start learning them. But um, is that is that because that, that's um, something that we we have here, and, and something that um, we've we've kind of discussed here in the past. You have big collections of figures, and they only get on the table maybe certainly here once a year. Uh, or maybe twice if we're lucky. So it's quite difficult to change rule periods. I found um, yeah. be because you, you 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 get used to Furioso for Italian wars that we're playing at the moment, um, and then we won't play it for a year. And we'll come back, and if we try and change to Pike and Shot or something, it's bad enough starting yeah. on a rule set yeah. that you half know anyway. Well, that's right. Yeah. So you need a bit of continuity. And yeah. So with the, the camp. Being built now, hopefully, the gaps that we have between the games at the club, we can mm. fill in one, maybe two. Yeah, um, it just gives that extra opportunity. Uh, but there's, there's, I've got armies, um, Romans and Dacians that are to ages painting. I think it's a two year project, and I've used them possibly twice. Yeah, it's a shame when collections don't get on the table, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you or have you been involved in putting games on at shows at all? Um, on the no, show, I I'd like to, uh, yeah, uh, one day. Um, but then again, you've got to find somebody who's enthused with you, yeah, uh, to do that, or who is available that weekend. So it is mm. quite difficult. Um, I, I do like going to the shows. Uh, I go to Salute, the one down in Reading, 
mm. um, Selwick, and um, obviously that, and that's where you bump into the fellow YouTubers. Yeah, uh, or people come up to you and say, "I've seen you before," and, it, and it's it's such a nice experience. Mm. And then you get you start talking to the guys putting on the games, and you can see their enthusiasms for mm. uh, what they're doing. And Simon Miller, I think, um, on to the strongest. Yes, yeah. I bumped into him a few times. He's a very nice approachable guy and just talking to him about the periods that he collects is uh, yeah I'd, you walk away with something yeah. you've learned something yeah have you ever have you ever ventured uh, ventured further north than Watford Gap for a show or is it just no, no I wouldn't go I wouldn't go out there <laughs> <laughs> it's rough up here I tell you it's rough up here <laughs> my first ever kebab was in Leeds I remember that oh brilliant <laughs> You, need, uh, the, you get a better class of kebab in, in Bradford. Wow. A worse, a worse night, out, a worse night out, but a better <laughs> class of kebab. I'm not. That's all I'm going to say. But it's quite a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> do the um, do, do the club, uh, your club, uh, do they take stuff round shows or is it? Um, they, they used to before I joined. Yeah, um, and that was thirty years ago. So it's, it's not for Yeah, long. yeah. I think yeah. Our, our club seems to have dropped off a little bit with it we used to put on quite a lot of big games at shows uh, and friends yeah. of mine still do um but the, the, there's been a, a drop off in the number of two-day shows um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and to to lug 30 foot of terrain and three or four thousand well, figures yeah. and, and that terrain's got a look tip top yeah hasn't it? because you're, you're showing yourself and mm. um i think it, it with that respect, it's not going to be practical to store it at home because it's going to be this, you need terrain that's going to come out every week or every other week, don't you? Yeah. And those the games on the shows, I think, you know, they're absolutely wonderful to look at, but the practicality is that they can only be used once or yeah. You know, it's, um, uh, and you've talked about you've, you've got access to putting a big table up at the club that you go to. Um, what what are some of the memorable games that you've done there? But, um, we had a big D-Day-esque game um, in Rapid Fire. And I, played, I think I was desperate. I was trying to stop the oncoming allies yeah. hitting the beach. And I just had a puny mortar left. And <laughs> I think I told it before. I had just, so I just fired it up into the air and it landed on this Jeep. And the guy who owned the Jeep went pale. And then the Jeep were his Ford observers, his naval gun... Oh, observer, <laughs> <laughs> and his uh, air arm, observer. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was always, uh, yeah, that was the one. Um, but it just went ashen, yeah. Um, but they each one is memorable, each but they, they sort they follow a formula war games, don't they? It's, yeah, um, it's a nice pastime. Whether games stand certain games stand out more than others well not really just the whole thing is pleasurable i think oh well no, that's brilliant to hear brilliant to hear yeah. and then just before we finish this section on on big games um obviously we myself and most of the guests on here have been gaming for a long time and we've built up to the point where we're big gaming um there, seem, there seems to be, there was a, there's certainly been a move away from big games in terms of new sets of rules. And um, there's a lot of things like Baron's War uh, that are designed for a smaller game. Um, 
what would be your advice to sort of a new newer gamer who wanted to get into a bigger game? <clears throat> That's a good question. Let me think. Um, I think you, you need a a picture in your mind what you mm. want out of the hobby. Yeah. And uh, again, it's that what inspires you. So you need to see. You've got to find pictures, or, or I find pictures that inspire me. Yeah. Of games and um, the only way you can achieve that is by painting. Yeah. You've got to do the hard work to get the, the nice yeah. stuff out of the, out of the hobby. Um, and it is, as you know, it's yeah. worth it. It is, it's, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and it's, it's once you look down at eye level of what you've painted, uh, it's it's great. And, and you, it, all that sometimes sheer boredom yeah. of painting, uh, it, it's worth it in the end because the sight of a big game doesn't nothing comes close to it yeah in the, in the hobby yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think and i think i think we both had uh, and other people i've spoken to have had that same experience of going into that war games holiday center and seeing that massive table with the massive figures and going yeah. that's what i want to do yeah rather than in 20 years time you'll get it yeah rather than because a lot of people I've spoken to who've, who've, who've been a little bit negative about a big game have kind of said, I can't do that. Uh, and I'm trying to encourage people to, to, to yeah. say, not I can't do that, but I can do that, but it's going to yeah. be an aspiration yeah. rather than something that yeah. happens tomorrow morning. And, and there will be downtimes. Yeah. There was it building up. You think, oh, you know, not yeah. another Italian, French or Russian or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. once it's done, yeah. that's another one in the box. Yeah, it's brilliant. It would be seen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a, a lovely chat on, on big games. Um, and we'll take a little break now before everyone's favourite, the Yorkshire Gamer Quiz. Right, we're recording again. And uh, it's um, the bit that the general public love and the bit that the guests uh, dread. It's the yeah. Yorkshire Gamer Quiz. And uh, a bit of a disclaimer, this is uh, how Yorkshire game you, you are. There is no right or wrong. And um, people may have different opinions to me, and they're, they're, they're quite welcome to them. But as in Yorkshire, we always say, come and tell us what your problem is, and I'll tell you you're wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Fraser, you are, were you born down south as well? Born down south. Yeah, so and, um, um, you, you've got... No Yorkshire in your family history at all. Uh, where, where's Durham? Durham, north of Yorkshire. Yeah, Mum was up there for a while. Oh, brilliant! brilliant. They were evacuated up there. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how you get on. Um, yeah. And like I say, as they say to all the kids today, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. So all the, all the questions are, are either yes or no, or one or one of two. To choices. Uh, okay. um, so, question one: Go big or go home? Go big. Um, question two: Contrast paints are they great or a gimmick? The way I paint, it's a gimmick. Um, paint brushes: Windsor and Newton or Yorkshire-made Pro Art? Windsor and Newton. Uh, Ninety-six figures, <laughs> an army, or a pipe block? Pipe block. Six by four table, big or small game? 
small. Uh, do you prefer a points-based army or an historical orbit? Historical orbit. When you're painting, do you use a wet palette or an old bit of MDF for your mixing your paints? I've got two wet palettes, but I use a bit of MDF or uh, So You've gone away from wet palette. You are my hero. Uh, <laughs> when you undercoat figures, black or white? Black. If you were offered a drink, would you have Yorkshire tea or a dirty, mucky brown coffee? Tea. <laughs> when you're building up a pipe block uh, or a unit of figures, do you like the figures tightly packed together or socially distanced? Tightly packed. Tightly packed all the time. Uh, would you prefer a two-hour club game or a weekend monster game? Weekend monster game. Uh, new question for the regular listeners. Um, avocado, is it just posh, mushy peas? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, round dice. Round dice, are they allowed or banned? Banned. Banned. Uh, so we're starting a national campaign to ban round dice. Um, would you pay 33 pence for a communist? I would it all properties theft? Uh, no. Doing very well so far. Um, when, do you love a good table in a set of rules, like a casualty table, something that you have to look things up in? Uh, not so much anymore. No. 28 Melly's King, yes or no? It, it is. It is. Unpainted miniatures allowed on the table, yes or no? Absolutely not. Uh, Bradford City or Leeds United? Well, I thought about this, and it's only called Chris Waddle, King of the Stepovers, played for Bradford. He did. Hey, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Chrissy Waddle, fantastic. Um, Yorkshire or the other place over the hill? Yorkshire. Brilliant. And the final question uh, GW, Games Workshop, are they the work of the devil? No. No. Well, uh, you have gone into second place in the Yorkshire Gamer <laughs> Championship. Yes. Uh, 85, 85%. 85%. No so you, you, will, you will obtain a free pass to enter the uh, county of Yorkshire at any time of your duty. <laughs> thank you very much. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, that was uh, much appreciated. And uh, the, the leader is still Richard Harris on 90%, uh, who, of course, is uh, uh, a Yorkshire-born lad and uh, unfortunately fails because he supports Leeds United. Uh, so oh. we're never going to get 100%, but there we go. Uh, so that's great. Thanks very much for that, Fraser. That was, uh, that was fun. And then we'll move on to the big topic. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, cracking effort from Fraser on the uh, on the quiz there, dropping into second place just behind Richard Harris. Uh, and the last part of the show, as the regular listeners will be know, is our is our big topic. Um, and this is this is subtitled "My Wargaming Shed" by Fraser. And it sounds like a, it sounds like a report that you would do when you came come back to primary school after a summer holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to your 
the you, you shed, um, which is a bit more than a shed, to be honest, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, how what how did you get to um, the um, the what's your history of your gaming space? How where did you start to where you are now? Obviously, as a boy, it was your parents' dining room table, the back garden, and then I left home, moved away, and uh, just little table somewhere in the stair bedroom. But then myself and my wife, Jo, we bought this house we're living in now probably five years ago mm. and um, had a converted loft. And Jo said to me, well, that's your little room up there, your yeah. painting area. Mm. And so I don't. I think she was quite surprised when I, that was the first room I decorated in the house. Um, and it's, it was wonderful. Mm. I love being up there. It took a bit of time getting used to it. And so I was up there pretty five years. And although small, it was just a nice place to paint. A nice big window so you could mm. go to the back garden. The back garden was actually typically moved into this house. It's right, you know, it sloped up to the, the back and uh, it was woeful. And that's, I think that's why we bought curtains. So yeah. we never, never looked at it. And um, with the coming of our grandson who's in the house at the moment causing mm. chaos <laughs> and um, Joe said to me wouldn't it be nice if he had a, a room in the house when he stays over and we could use your man cave and I just thought well what does that mean yeah and she said you've always wanted a cabin ever since I was a boy every war game would always would like his own space his own cabin yeah and he said it's probably about time that we looked into it and so mm. with that we went out 18 months ago looking around and found a cabin which was uh, there's a discount site this um cabin makers mm. um ordered it and then realized that the garden had to be lowered we had to retain walls and the like um the idea was to have toilet up there uh, water running mm. and um so it all went ahead and then we had the first lockdown so between ordering the cabin and the day that the cabin finally turned out was probably about six, seven months. Mm. Uh, in that time, the landscapers came in, landscape garden, which involved taking 60 tons out of that garden because it's all chalk here. And um, had, say, the retaining walls built and had the plumbing put in. And then the day came along when they, they started all the shutting up. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, well, you said you, you said you, you said your garden was a bit messy. Um, well, in, in, in Leeds, that would be like a, a burnt-out car, uh, a couple of sofas, uh, and loads yeah. of tins of. Tins. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it, was it that bad, or was it just not? <laughs> it was just done. It was just overgrown. Um, yeah. The house itself was lovely, it's, um, but obviously the garden was uh, not great. But no uh, no burnout cars. Yeah, no, no, it's a very old shed. It's been up for about 40 years. And I set fire to it in the back garden. There wasn't any smoke. It was so dry. There was no yeah. flame. It just went up in about just 10 gone. seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we've had to have the whole garden paved over, or something paved over. Yeah. So it's a fairly big undertaking. Uh, the, the downside of the cabin was that there was a something going on with the neighbours about a tree. So I had to, to um, cut down the width of the cabin by 
18 inches. So mm. the, the idea was to have a 12 foot table, 12 by six table, and mm. be able to walk around the end, which would yeah. give me another two foot. But I've had to just squeeze it in a little bit. It's no, yeah. it's no big deal, but uh, mm. I can still get 12 by six in there. Mm. Um, but just the idea of having a sink and a toilet and yeah. um, coffee area, absolutely brilliant. Mm. But unfortunately, you, yeah. because of lockdown, no one's been able to come around yet. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a big shame because I remember watching your updates um, and, and it's kind of, um, the, you know, my shed's come in, uh, my shed's not come in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the, the, day came, the day they said, right, we'll be here and they came along and they put the groundwork down and they said, it's not our fault, but the people in the factory put the wrong cabin on the lorry. Oh, no. And so... <laughs> So that's another three weeks, but they threw in under floor insulation and laminate flooring. So I thought for another three weeks, just yeah, okay. That's brilliant. You, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a bit of family support um, that your wife was uh, quite positive about your, your gaming hobby, uh, and I think I think we should give a shout out to all our other halves and partners. I think so, I think so. because I think there is a. Again, I've been thinking about this podcast today, hmm. and there is a line between having a passion for the hobby and an obsession. Yeah. And it's quite easy to go from one to the other without <laughs> realising. Yeah. And that's why you need a partner to say, look, just hang on a moment, back off. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not all about the hobby. Yeah. And uh, we should never lose sight of it. It is a hobby. Yeah. It's not like real life. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think... Uh, a, a, a partner such as a, my wife or your wife, it's, um, they understand, but it's, it is nice to just say, just slow it down a little bit. Yeah, um, but they, but the, the, the positive, um, I get, my wife's very, she sees how it works and helps me zone out from work um, and, and other problems. Yeah. So she's very positive yeah. in, in pushing, and it, and it lets her watch her telly at the end of the day. Well, that's not, yeah. <laughs> and if, if there is a downside to having a cabin, is that I know when Joe is on the telephone to a daughter, mm. I think, well, this would be a 20 minute phone call or 25 minutes. So in the old days, I'd run upstairs and yeah. paint the big shakos or something like that. But now mm. I've got a, it's not a big garden by any sense of the imagination, but I'll come out and our two dogs will think they're going out for a walk. So they all get, <laughs> and so all of a sudden it's a major, not major undertaking. Yeah. But um, it's just that little bit further to go. Yeah. Uh, did, did you have a gaming space in your in your room upstairs? No, no. no I didn't. It, it was it was it was painted. So, so the, the, cab, the cabin went up, and then before I put all the shelving up and kitted it out, I had to do the terrain boards. Yeah. Um, and so um, I bought. I looked around online for some two foot MDF cut to size yeah uh, and it's so expensive so i thought I'm, I'll, i can do that myself i'm no carpenter uh, yeah. as i'll find out in a moment <laughs> and so <laughs> so i got the local diy shop to drop me out three eight by fours 18 mil thick so i went for 18 mil thick terrain boards because warping is the work of the devil yeah. and so i've got those and i've got two eight by fours in nine mil, so I can cut the river boards mm. up and sandwich them together. And I thought, well, I haven't done 
any sort of form of woodworks in school <laughs> 40 years ago. So I thought I'd buy a T-square. And I thought, that's a nice cheap T-square. And not realising it was a left-handed one. Oh, right. OK, and that's why it was cheap, was it? <laughs> so, so the first board, <laughs> I cut, not realising. I thought, you know, they would say, check twice, cut once. Well, I thought, no, I've got a T-square, haven't I? I can sort this out quite easily. Yeah. And... I cut parallelograms or a rhomboid. I don't know what I did, but it was absolutely <laughs> awful. So the first half of the first eight by four was ruined. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's lessons learned along the way. But now I've got the, quite a large selection of the boards and I'm doing the rivers. So it's just a, another part of the hobby, which you don't, if you haven't got the opportunity or the need yeah. to, make your own training you'll never do then i'm thoroughly enjoying it yeah it's 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 not my favorite thing and i um i think you've got some pieces from from him um i use uh andy at the last valley oh, um, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got some of their, their hedgerows i think for world war ii if i remember that's right, right. i've got some more delivered the other day very reasonable as well yeah yeah he, um, don't say it too loudly but it is very reasonable <laughs> i've spent a lot i've spent a lot of money with him recently just up up in some terrain in here and and the stuff arrives and it's like wow this is really really good it it makes all the difference especially hedges with trees and stuff like that brilliant yeah and i i have um and this is this is a big up for you because i have no enthusiasm for terrain whatsoever i'll start a piece of terrain and just go i'm bored now yeah, yeah, but it feels, it feels like it's taking away from painting figures. That's, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? It's, um, and you know, we shouldn't think that way, but it's all the figure count, isn't it? That yeah, you, you keep ticking over all the time. And and, and some people some people are, are massively into their terrain, aren't they? And the, and that's their big thing in the hobby. And, and um, I'll admit on uh, to the general public, I watch quite a lot of railway modelling. Um, Videos because oh, yeah, their yeah, stuff yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. This, there's there's a there's yeah. a guy who's um, done this massive layout of um, um, a rail junction in Yorkshire, and he's done all the cobbled streets and the hills, and it's just amazing, absolutely it, amazing. Because they're quite static, aren't they? So yeah. they don't have to be uh, put up, taken down, and um, so they have an opportunity to. Go for the end detail, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, really, um, really, really, really nice. All my terrain boards almost like a retro look mm. um, because they have to be practical, and um, it's what those pictures and those magazines were like. So. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Back in back in the day when we were looking at all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and have you designed the inside of, of the of the shed, or is it? Um, I had a toilet put in. Um, toilet and sink, and I've got a chippy come around. Yeah, so I, I realized my woodworking skills weren't great. <laughs> and he put some cupboards up for me. Yeah, <laughs> but I put all the shelves up myself, believe it or not. Oh, um, that's brilliant. And um, the idea was to have a kitchenette in the toilet. And Joe said, You cannot have a, a toilet <laughs> and, a, and a kettle next to each other. Um, so with the additional lock, I'm looking over my shoulder, you can't, um, yeah, with the additional. Lock the door and the lock. Obviously, I put that spoke with the figures. Yeah, um, and, that's, and, that's yeah. A, a bit of a concern. Put my figures in the cabin. Yeah, um, but it, it, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not going to be uh, an issue. Um, and and have you? Uh, what what are my um, 
long memories, and I talk about this a couple of podcasts ago, was playing in somebody's shed um, and um, feeling like I was in the middle of the Russian front because it was that cold. Have you got Have you got heating in there? <laughs> well, funny you should say that because um, when the shed turned up, I said, right, I needed to get a decent heater to keep the blokes warm. So I went online and there's this, it's called an aircon infector and it was a dehumidifier aircon unit heater mm. and it was something like about 700 quid and I thought well that's the one I'm going to get and if this thing turned up and it must have been four foot by three foot and it must have weighed <laughs> 60 kilos it's a sort of the sort of thing you'd be on the wall of Victoria Station yeah um, and it involved cutting two hundred mil circles in the wall and I said Joe we can't have that first of all I think the, the wall would collapse uh, so we sent that back, and I bought a small thing for about fifty quid, and it works fine. Brilliant! Because the wall, the walls of the cabin are fifty mil or sixty mil thick, uh, insulating top and bottom, and it's, it's not yeah. Cheap. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I, 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 I'm starting to shiver now just thinking <laughs> thinking about that. The only thing turned out, I thought, what is size that thing? It's massive. <laughs> I remember playing. I remember playing a game. Uh, I think it was like a Cold War game uh, on, a, on a huge table in this guy's garage, and we were all and we had to take our our mitts. We, we gloves weren't warm enough. We had mitts yeah, on. Yeah, we had to take our mitts on to move the figures, and then you could only move maybe three or four tanks before you, you know, the end of your figure started showing signs of frostbite. Yeah. And, you know. Not not enjoyable. <laughs> is uh, is. Uh, has there been a de- decree from um, your wife to move everything into the shed, or have you still got things in the house? Um, it, this area here, sorry, the, the area of the shed I'm in is all mine. And yeah. uh, we had a, 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 where the toilet is, hmm. um, we had a separate door in front of that, and that's where all the garden furniture is. So it's, hmm. everything's in a little section um, under lock and key. And so I've got the, the entire cabin. Yeah. But have you still got gaming stuff inside the house? No, that that's uh, one of the stipulations. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, if I if I ever went to a war game shed, Mrs. Riley would definitely go. Because I what I would do, as all war gamers do, they if there's a flat space, they'll fill it with something. If yeah. there's a cupboard, they'll fill it with something. And if I had a war game shed, I'd fill that with war game stuff and yeah. keep all the war game stuff in the house as well. well. I don't know. I don't know how I've got so much stuff in that little room up in the loft. I really don't. No. Because I'm looking around now, I think I need more shelves in here. And it's about three times as big. <laughs> so when um that, that moves nicely onto storage tips then. Have you how are you how are you keeping all your figures in the shed? Um figures are in pile boxes. Yeah, old proper um, old school. Yeah, pile boxes piled up in the in the carsing. You've not um, you've not gone for the modern trend of the really useful box. I like the idea, though, especially with the MDF inserts, yeah, you put in. yeah, um, I suppose that's when really, yeah. No, I, 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 I like the. Um, I've still got some of my stuff in box files, um, but I moved. I moved to really useful boxes about seven or eight years ago, and um, kind of got millions of them now, full of stuff. I know. I really should do, but um, I suppose needs mass in it, and uh, yeah. I suppose. So the, the MDF inserts are very interesting. So maybe I'll, I'll have another look. Yeah, and, and is are your st- is are your stuff um, stored at home so that 
they're just stored or are they stored so that you can move them um, to yeah, the club and, and back without... Yeah, that, that's the idea, of being able to move them to the club. Yeah. So that's why they're all stored. I thought about putting display cases around the room, but I thought no, because um, what those empty boxes... I'd still need the empty boxes to take yeah. to the club. Uh, I've got a a cautionary tale about um, display cabinets uh, because we we have some here. You can probably see them behind me. There we go. Um, (laughs) But we 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 had some other ones at the end of uh, the end of the table. In fact, there's still one now, Um, and it has it's got all my Napoleonic ships in, which are rigged and take forever to do. And then one day um, we're gaming, and we I heard a crack, and I looked, and the the display cabinet fell off the wall and landed onto the table. (laughs) And and thankfully it was like one of those slow motion things where you kind of like like moving towards the camera going, Oh my God, slow motion. (laughs) And it unbelievably, it landed on, on its bottom and and stopped and didn't fall over. And it missed, it missed all the figures on the table as well because it was a game in progress. So what, yeah. sort of, what sort of size of table do you do you play with those ships? Um, twelve by six. And, and what and what rule sets that? Is that Napoleonics? Yeah, yeah. Um, we use an old set um, called um, oh, what's it called? Signal Close Action um, by Rod oh. Langton. Um, I don't know if you know. Yeah, um, I've not seen him for a long time, Rod. Um, He must be quite old now, bless him. He must be, mustn't he? Yeah, um, but I I got quite friendly with him um, when he first brought the ships out because I did did a load and we put a big display game on around around the Northern shows uh, and loads of people looked at our game. It was brilliant. We had like flagpoles with signal flags on yeah. so if you wanted to talk to your mate over the other side of the table you had to put like a coded <laughs> signal up oh it was brilliant we had a right laugh <laughs> Good we, had, we had loads of people around the table and loads of people bought stuff from rod so he came yeah. up to us uh, and started chatting with us um yeah, a, i've never uh, war games sale or yeah. any sort of ship action hmm. um i quite like the idea of the, the black seas is it the uh yeah war game yeah stuff? Um, but they're, they're new range with the World War II with the big bases, uh, thick bases. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure about those thick bases. I'd like to do naval war gaming at some point. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure if you've seen on... on, on uh, I don't think I've put much upon the YouTube channel, but certainly on the blog, I'm a massive naval war gamer. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I spent a fortune, and my mate Andy, who comes here, spent a fortune on GHQ ships. Um, they're oh. about 15 quid each, but they are some of the most beautiful models you'll ever see. Um, mm-hmm. World War, we, we did that World War I. Um, yeah. We did Jutland. Well, I did Jutland. I paid all 250 ships for Jutland um, mm. on the anniversary, which is, what, five years ago now? Um, uh, and again, you know, we had like Royal Navy interest and stuff like that with that. So yeah. uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're massive, fun, massive fans of, of, uh, of the you, Navy. Can you play that on a smaller scale? Or does it have to be a big fleet? Oh, it, it, the thing with the thing with any naval game is your scales and your distances. So when we when we played Jutland um, and we took it to a couple of shows, 
but we needed a 24 foot by eight table. Um, and that only gave us about four or five foot of manoeuvring on one end. So the, the British, the British, the line of British battleships, the models themselves are 15 foot long from the start to end. And it, it looks fantastic, but it's just a nightmare to, to game it because you need such huge, huge space. So um, when we go to our, when we go to our new club premises, we'll be able to do that because we can have permanent yeah. tables. It's something I'll, I'll certainly have to have a look into. That's yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's really good. If you if you bob onto, uh, it's only on the blog. If you have a look on the blog, there's plenty of stuff on, on, on Naval. And I am going to do some videos on it eventually when I get around to it. Yeah, you yeah, should do, because I'm sure yeah, it'll get a bit of interest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we the, the shed's up, the shed's running. We're coming to the end of um, COVID, and we can talk to people again face to face yeah. so what what are you what are your plans for the shed what are you what are you what are you gonna um, do? just carry on as normal and, and hopefully get my mates around a couple of times a month yeah and play game yeah um and and just carry on plodding plodding on yeah uh, are, are you are you um thinking about having I mean, Yorkshire game of uh, for those people who don't know is it is it there's five or six of us and we all come round to my house and we have been doing for 10 15 years um are you is that your kind of plan to get a group of mates and and regularly um, game together yeah, I, I think so i think so i think the, the, my club will um take precedence really um, yeah. i want to see that the club's got to, got to survive uh, and will survive um but and and this is just an extra that the, the, the days i can't get down to the club you know the, the guys can come around here hmm. And do you think it will change the way that you look at gaming in terms of it's certainly with me, it's changed it because I'm no longer looking for that um, game over in three hours. Uh, um, uh, we, we, we could come here and, and there's one lad and I'll mention his name, Ian. He works for the railways and my God, he can talk about trains for hours and we end up throwing stuff at him to shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's no, nobody's pushing to finish nobody's rushing to finish because it's a case of uh, right no worries next thursday can yeah no worries and everyone comes yeah. back yeah the, the, the opportunity for that is there um yeah it's just just that extra opportunity mm. to play a game yeah and um even so, so my cousin came around uh, sometimes look it over and he said or oh, if you set your train up, can I bring my scale electric over? And he's 52. <laughs> oh, why not? Why, why not? not? Why not? That's brilliant. <laughs> I like the merging of hobbies. That's fantastic. Yeah. And have you, have no, you, it's an opportunity to play games. Yeah. And have I've, you, I've, played, yeah. I've played a couple of solo games, uh, and I said, said before on my, my channel that I'm not a great lover of solo wargaming. I, I, yeah. If it comes to a melee when you've got a word, Factors was so I get very bored and uh, pack it yeah. up. It's, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. For, it's not for me either. The solo thing and, yeah. and people people enjoy it and and, and it, that might be their only option. So that's great. That's fantastic yeah, for them. But the the social yeah. aspect is a big big part of it for me. I think so, and I think if you if you belong to a club or there is a club near you, you've got to try it out. Mm. Uh, because then you get the interaction and, and 
you know, it's sometimes a long time ago when I was painting um, without being a club member, you, it's, you don't get much reward for it. But as soon yeah. as you join a club, it's um, like-minded people. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we're just coming towards the end now. Have you got a have you got a, have you got a first game planned with people through the door? I think with the last Valley order that came through the other day, it will have to be Normandy, nineteen forty-four. Bolt, Bolt action, Normandy nineteen. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, how many people would be a comfortable number to have in in War Game Shed? Um, I reckon I can get six on a tour by. 12 by 6? Yeah. 12 by 6 will give you a very good game of muskets and tomahawks. Yeah. And bolt or, or just two of me and my mate will play a, a large Napoleonic. Um, not large, large, but large. Large. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, is, it, is, it, is it small game, average game, big game, really big game? That's what somebody mentioned to me. Yeah, once. I think, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Massive at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always I tried so. to. I've, 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 I've tried to avoid like going and having millions of different definitions and just stick. But um, Chris on my first uh, podcast yeah, said think, uh, yeah. a really big game could be a definition as well as big game. Yeah, it goes big, <laughs> large, very large, massive. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. I, I, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Fraser. It's been brilliant, and um, You're welcome. Thank, thank I, you for inviting me on. And anybody who hasn't watched uh, von, Co- von Ketteringham <laughs> got it right second time. Um, yeah, I've never changed it. <laughs> no, don't change it, mate, because uh, everyone will just because everyone everyone who I hear or see on the hobby just goes VK, and everyone knows what VK is now. You see, so if you change it, it'll, it'll be like rebranding uh, Marathon to Snickers. You just you just oh. go. <laughs> it go wrong. No, I've had a conversation about that at work the other day, but we won't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just before you go, I always like to give you an opportunity to ask me a question if you've got one. Okay, then if you could paint a unit from an army which you do not possess, what would it be? For example, mine would be Polish Ring Hussars. I've no need for them, I do not have anything. I can use them with. But I'd love to paint up the unit. Oh, that's that's a very good question. That's a very good question. Um, and the first thing that popped into my head was Polish winged hussars because I haven't got yeah. anything um, anything in in for that. Um, Fortunately, you can't copy me, so you've got to think. No, I've got to go. I've got to go again. Um, there was a <laughs> there was a unit that I was looking at. Um, um, I can't remember the name of the figures now. It might be Gringo 40 who do them. Um, Italian War of, Wars of Independence, sort of 1860, 1870 time. Okay, yeah. Um, Gar- they, Garibaldi. Yeah, Garibaldi. There was, um, was a unit that was made up of Catholic volunteers that came to um, the Papal States and, and to Vatican City. Uh, and there was a, a unit, a battalion, and they've got a lovely green uniform with, like, yellow facings. And, I um yeah, I, I'd not come across it until recently. Um, I, I, the figures are gorgeous, and, and it might be one of those where I just buy some and paint them and just leave them in a cupboard and look at them. So I'm going to go... You I, you've, got, you've got to collect an army there, haven't you? Yeah, that's the problem. See, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the, the French Napoleonic horse grenadiers of the guard. Who yes. The 
Yeah. Um, but I don't click French, but it's a bit too Napoleonic. So I, I thought I'd go for the winged ones. Uh, or Lanschnicks, possibly. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd, my, I've got millions of Italian wars. In fact, I'm looking at a sea of them now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you'll go for Garibaldi? Um, his... it, yeah, well, it, it's, I think they fought against Garibaldi. It was like a papal um, uh, unit that was raised yeah. when they were trying to take the papal states into the Italian nation. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'll certainly have a look at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop you a link because um, they're really, yeah, really nice good. figures. Really, really nice. I like figures. the bit in range as well. They look good. Yeah, there's, there's, so many nice, there's so many nice figures out there. <laughs> Thankfully, I, th I do think I think everything's covered now, is it? Uh, I would imagine. Periods. I would imagine so. There's very little that I look for that I can't find. There's a few odds and pieces Italian wars that um, I would like. I have to do a little bit of a conversion for to get them. Um, yeah. The vast majority. Know, of it's a great. It's a great time for the hobby. It's fantastic! Absolutely brilliant. And there's some there's some great YouTube channels out there to follow. Yeah, there's only one. <laughs> There's only one, mate. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Fraser. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Um, thank you. And, uh, it's thank a you. To come on. Thank you. Thank you. What a lovely interview that was. What a lovely guy Fraser is. And uh, he's never done a podcast before, which was a big, big surprise to me, um, especially because of all the uh, uh, the exposure he has on, on YouTube, the number of followers he has. Um, I, I think he was a little bit apprehensive about it, uh, blessing Fraser, but uh, we, we enjoyed it in the end. I think he felt like it was a bit of an interrogation at parts, but uh, we had a good laugh at that, and uh, I hope to speak to Fraser again uh, one day, and hopefully in person at a show. It'd be lovely lovely to meet him. He's a, he's a lovely guy, and a great... Um, advert for the hobby with all the stuff that he does and um, all the positive uh, stuff vibes he spreads out to the hobby just by sitting there and talking to people about something that he loves and I think that is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, just a little bit of a, an apology to you in relation to the sound quality on the fourth section. There was a couple of bits where there was some crackle which I couldn't really edit out and I know what it's down to. It's down to the uh, lead on my headset to catching the mic and um, I have it set up so it doesn't but I was I was chatting away with Fraser uh, and uh, enjoying the interview and I missed out the fact that it had uh, slipped round the front again and, and knocked on the mic a couple of times so my apologies for that I hope it, hope it didn't enjoy or spoil the enjoyment too much. Um, I have uh, mentioned on on the social media and i think i mentioned at the start of the last podcast um i've had some health issues previously uh, over the last couple of months in relation to um a diagnosis of diabetes type 2 and a couple of complications as well um i, I want to thank everyone who has um contacted me privately and also publicly as well and um, wish me the best and um, offer me encouragement and um, some advice in uh, relation to getting better unfortunately none of the none of the advice was um, 
eat as many steak and kidney pies as you possibly can, which is what I always wanted to hear, but I appreciate that I can no longer imbibe in the pie uh, anymore, which is a real shame. But uh, I'm sure um, with some uh, medication and fitness, I'll, I'll be back to fighting strength uh, very, very soon. And that, that was fantastic. I really, really... Um, uh, got a lot of positivity from all the people who contacted me about that. I know uh, Henry Hyde, uh, the the giant of the hobby, has been through a similar thing, so um, it's been good when I've been listening through some of his uh, old podcasts, listening to his journey um, uh, down this road, and um, I'm positive about it, and I think that's the main thing. Um, next up, uh, just want a very, very quick chat. There was a bit of a to-do on uh, the Twitters, and if you're not on Twitter, you won't know what I'm talking about. Um, but there was a bit of a to do where somebody um, has misinterpreted quite badly what this podcast is about, and um, it got a bit heated at, at stages. And and eventually, the guy contacted me, and um, we had a conversation. We didn't sort it out, but we had a conversation. Anyway, um, I just want to kind of reinterpret or reinstate what I said in that. Um, episode, and I'm sure most of the listeners will be a little bit bemused about this, and I was to be honest, because um, it's a misinterpretation of the word big, and um, I think, and I did worry about this when I put it out, that somebody would misinterpret what I was saying and I don't mean big as in better you can have a big boil on the end of your nose and it is not better than a small boil on the end of the nose. It's not better than no boil on the end of the nose. Big is a descriptive. It's an adjective. And as we said in that first episode when I was trying to lay a marker in the sand for what a big game is, the 6x4 table is an average table. And that's just a fact, you know... A lot of people will only have, and I'm not using only in a negative sense, uh, access to three-foot table, four-foot table, whatever they've got access to. Other people will have access to much, much bigger tables. None are better, but when most people go to all Games Club, they will have access to a 6 by 4 table. And I'm suggesting, and I don't think anyone can prove me wrong, that 6 by 4 is probably the average. And therefore purely by definition of the word big, i.e. big bigger, being bigger than average, it's got to be bigger than 6x4. But everyone who comes on the show gets to talk to me about that, and it's a discussion, it's, a, it's an opinion, it's a point of view. And I really, I, was, I have to say, I was, I was very, very disappointed. So, back to the real world, and um, we're over with this episode, episode 6, episode 7, um, with the new release schedule, which is going to be the second and fourth Friday of every month, Uh, so occasionally you'll get when we have five Fridays in a month where you won't get one, and there'll be a three-week gap, Uh, and that's just purely because I've got so many guest ideas and so many things to do. Um, I think two weeks is a fair gap between two. I don't want to start releasing things every couple of three days or so. Uh, I want people to have a gap, and people I want to do it so that people go, ah, second Friday of the month, podcast out. Or so. Let's hope I settle down and I don't change my mind again before the next episode. Uh, episode seven, therefore, should 
be out on the 28th of May and I'm hoping very much that I'm going to be speaking to my first Glitterati guest, uh, the Nick Skinner from Two Fat Lardies and uh, the Two Fat Lardies are more known for their smaller size games and um, rather than speak to Nick uh, about, and I'm glad he's agreed to come on because uh, I'm not going to speak to him about the latest release from Two Fat Lardies. Um, I'm going to speak to him about uh, a rule set called If the Lord Spares Us, which we play quite a lot at Yorkshire Gamer and do massive games with it. Um, that was must have been 15, 20 years ago. I'm sure Nick will tell us when it came out. And um, yeah, so he's coming on to speak about a rule set that nobody uses and was written years ago. Uh, so I'm very, very grateful for him to do that. So uh, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time with Nick Skinner and uh, we'll have another lovely chat. Sithy!